Hello, and welcome back to A Place for Film, the official IU Cinema podcast. My name is David Carter, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Elizabeth Rell. Hi. Say hi, Elizabeth. We are both very tired today. <laughs> you say, how can you be tired when nothing is happening in the world? Sometimes you stay up too late at night. <laughs> oh my gosh, I didn't even stay up. I think we were in bed by noon, or by midnight, by noon, LOL. Um, <laughs> Wait, you're in bed by noon? <laughs> gosh. <laughs> um, yes, uh, I, I had a late night last night. Just, you know, you know, it's the weekend. Uh, to Cheers to peek behind the curtain. To the freaking weekend. <laughs> this is a weird energy this week. <laughs> <laughs> to take a peek behind the curtain, we usually record these episodes on Friday, but today we're recording on Sunday. <gasps> the Lord's yep. Day. <laughs> the Lord's Day. Cue uh, me using Maroon Five Sunday Morning as the transition music <laughs> between topics <laughs> this week. Um, but yes, uh, we have a very special episode today. We are going to have. Writer, director, actor, Chris Ray, uh, on to discuss her newest film, I Used to Go Here. Um, possibly some other things. We don't know yet. We haven't yet talked to her. Uh, but we, <laughs> uh, and she's not here for this introduction yet. So we decided we would go ahead and just record, uh, you know, the upcoming schedule. And like to yeah. honor everyone's time. So Exactly. So, Elizabeth, will you please tell us what's coming up this week at the IU Cinema? Definitely. So, the first thing we have, um, obviously, is the reason we're talking to Chris Ray um, is her special virtual event. It's a virtual conversation with her and interactive Q&A moderated by, directed by women founder and catalyst, Barbara Ann O'Leary. Um, Barbara is also wonderful she always does the directed by women every um september but then obviously like us all so watches films directed by women throughout the year um and she used to run our social media at the cinema i believe yes um, so correct. we are big fans long time uh acquaintances of <laughs> barbara ann um yes. and then so when you that event is tuesday october 13th at 7 p.m uh, you do have to register via Zoom, just like all our other events. Um, but when you register for that event, you will also get access to watch Chris Ray's new film, I Used to Go Here, for free, um, which is available until the 14th. Uh, so definitely get on that and watch that film, which we'll be talking about later today. Um, Wonderful. Let's see. Our other spe special virtual event for this week is Friday, October 16th at 7 p.m. We're going to be screening... Uh, the documentary Chisholm 72 Unbought and Unbossed, um, which is a documentary about Shirley Chisholm. Um, that is going to also include an interactive Q&A with Indiana University Political and Civic Engagement Program, um, including the director of PACE, uh, Lisa Marie Napoli. And Carolyn Calloway Thomas, who is the chair of African American and African Diaspora Studies, and Jennifer Crossley, who is the chair of the Monroe County Democratic Party. Um, so that'll be a very fun event. I'm excited to see that. Um, you will be able to screen the film at no cost to you if you register for this event um, from October 14th to the 19th. Um, 
But again, only if you register will you have access. If you don't want to register, then you can rent it for $4, a bunch of different places. But obviously, if you're getting it for free, why not register and show up? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so those are our special events. We also have a rental like we usually do once a week. Um, the new one this week is called Jimmy Carter Rock and Roll President, which hey. I'm super excited for. Um, this charts the mostly forgotten story of how Jimmy Carter, a lover of all kinds of music, uh, had forged a tight bond with musicians Willie Nelson, the Allman Brothers, Bob Dylan, and then a bunch of others. Um, it looks super cute. Look up the trailer. You'll want to watch it. Jimmy Carter is our one of our best presidents. I was going to say best, yes. but I was like, I don't want to offend anyone. Uh, you know, also... the, the one with the the least amount of bad things. Right. <laughs> <At least. laughs> um, this isn't a political guy, podcast. but He just had his 96th birthday a little bit ago. I know. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> still kicking. They had a little mm -hmm. parade for him. I'm upset. It's all that peanuts. It's all those peanuts. Yeah. <laughs> Those peanuts he used to eat. I mean, if that's the case, then we're, we're <laughs> living going. a while too. <laughs> I eat peanuts all the time. Um, that rental is $5, so it's a little less than usual. Um, you'll have 14 days to, like, once you buy it to actually watch it. But then once you start it, you only have 72 hours. So you got to be careful there. Um, but we are going to be getting 50% of those proceeds if you rent that film through us. So do it. Do it. Do it. Um, that's Great. all I got for the schedule. <laughs> uh, I miss I miss this energy where both of us are just like, we're here, but our brains are not here. But yes, please, everyone, uh, please check all those things out, uh, especially because um, even though we haven't started talking to our guest yet, uh, I used to go here, me and Elizabeth, both fans of the movie. So yeah. some to look forward to in the conversation. Well, with that, I'm going to turn it over to Elizabeth to introduce our guest and try time travel forward in time where we have conducted the interview with Chris Ray. So join us there. This is going out to all the homies on a Sunday afternoon. Our guest this uh, week is filmmaker Chris Ray, who launched her filmmaking career at Southern Illinois University as a documentarian, um, but now she focuses on narrative film. Uh, her first feature, It Was Great, But I Was Ready to Come Home, uh, had its world premiere playing in, in 20, 2009, uh, playing in competition at South by Southwest, uh, where it was nominated for Best Narrative Feature, um, which she then followed up with 2012's Empire Builder and a short film Baby Mary from 2014. Her third feature, Unexpected, premiered in competition at 2015 Sundance uh, and was nominated for the Dramatic Grand Jury Prize. The film also earned Ray a nomination for the South by Southwest Game Changer Award. Um, her latest feature, I Used to Go Here, was scheduled to have its world premiere at South by Southwest 2020 and was released theatrically and in virtual cinema summer 2020. Um, Chris Ray also appears in front of the screen as an actress, uh, mostly in small roles. Uh, in First Man, she also appeared in Hannah Takes the Stairs, Happy Christmas, The Sacrament, and Joshi, among 
many other television and film projects. In addition to South by Southwest and Sundance, her films have been screened at the Chicago International Film Festival, the American Film Festival, and the Sarasota Film Festival. She previously visited the IU Cinema in 2016. Uh, Chris Ray now lives and works in Chicago and teaches film production at Northwestern. Her latest feature film, I Used to Go Here, is available in IU Cinema's virtual screening room uh, until the 14th. Uh, so that's this week, just after her visit with us on the 13th. Um, hello, Chris. <laughs> oh, God. How do you even get through it? It's such a slog. I can't believe you read the whole bio. Okay. You guys are the experts. All right. <laughs> no, in all fairness, I if someone were to start just list rambling off a list of like my accomplishments i too would also <laughs> check out mentally like, like a button that like fast forwards 15 seconds yes like. i agree <laughs> so <laughs> but nice to have you with us yeah nice to be here <laughs> uh yeah so uh it's nice to have you here with us we have a segment which we did tell you about where we talk about things that we have watched this week too you know, just break the ice and just like just have a little bit of conversation about movies and TV. So, uh, Elizabeth, would you like to go first uh, about what did you watch this week? I can. Um, so it's October. Uh, and I think a lot of me and David and then some of our friends are all trying to watch a horror movie a day, which is sometimes a lot, but usually it's pretty fun. Uh, so most of the things I've watched are horror movies besides I used to go here, which we will talk about later. So I'm not <laughs> going to talk about it now. Um, but I would like to talk about The Boy from 2016, which is a film that I remember when it was released. And I was like, what? That doesn't look like something I'm going to watch. Um, so it stars... Uh, Lauren Cohen from The Walking Dead and she gets a job as a nanny for a little boy and she shows up and these old people are like here's our boy and it's a doll and she's just <laughs> supposed to take care of a doll which sounds hilarious um, and I was like I'm never going to watch this and then my friend Ava was like oh I loved that movie I was like, that's weird because we have similar tastes so I decided to watch it and I will say that I liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to. Um, there is a twist in there, which you can like probably guess sort of what the twist is going to be like. But you're not really. It's kind of creepy. Um, and I spent a lot of time laughing, just saying like, what the F, what the F is happening? Um, can I ask some questions about this? Oh, yes. please do. I've never heard of this film, and I don't typically watch horror movies unless, like, a friend of mine makes one or something. Yeah. <laughs> when, when the pre so the premise is, let me just restate this, and you tell me if I'm right. That she gets hired, she gets hired as a nanny for a kid, and then when she shows up, the kid is actually a doll. Yes, and then um, do the people the people the parents of this doll kid do they think it's are they like presenting it as normal as so like it is? they kind of, this isn't really a spoiler because it is established sort of in the beginning um their kid died a long time ago when he was that and, age and so do they acknowledge this or are they crazy um the mother does not acknowledge it the father does a little bit and is like 
just go with it. Like we understand it's weird. Um, okay. They have like a grocer that drops out like a grocery boy, but he's a man um, uh-huh. that drops off their groceries. That is like, here's what happened. Okay. And then like weird things start happening in the house. And, and then she's like, what, so, just so is this presented as like funny in the film, this part? the premise part or is it like dead serious it's like pretty dead serious like oh like she laughs and no one else laughs when she's <laughs> and she's like and then, I did something wrong and then why did she take like what are the stakes in her life that like allow her to take this job uh she has recently got out of a bad relationship uh, Classic. <laughs> This reminds me of uh, a movie from like 2009. I think that's called The Orphan. Oh yeah, oh, I saw yeah. That one. Where, which I guess is based on a true story about <laughs> like this couple who thinks they're like adopting this child, like <clears throat> like they think it's a child, but it turns out it's like a little person who's terrorizing <laughs> them. Oh, actually, I saw The Orphanage. I saw The Orphanage. Oh, oh. yeah, very the different movies. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, one of those movies is, I would say, good, and the other one is not. Uh, but that's what this like, like this basic premise reminds me of. And I'm wondering if the twist is anything like the reveal in The Orphan. I think you could guess the twist, but okay, the the way it happens is not what you think is going to happen. I think, unless I mean, and this could also just be everyone is smarter than me. in the cinematic world and can actually guess what's going to happen but i i was surprised there's a second one apparently i don't know how there's a second one but a second boy yeah it's called are there two boys this time i don't know (laughs) it's called brahms the boy too and the boy's name is brahms i actually think looking at this now i think it's a prequel so you find out maybe how this boy died where the boy came from yeah (laughs) okay great uh, would you recommend this movie to anybody, Elizabeth? If you're looking for a weird good time, yeah. Sure. If you're okay. just down to be like, yeah, things are going to happen. They might not all make sense. I'm going to like be a little confused and then very shocked. Do it. Go for it. It's Great. on tight 97, so it's not oh. a big waste of your time. The beautiful under 100 minute <laughs> run time. That's what I look for in movies these days. That's literally what I was telling my partner, because I was like, the beauty of watching horror movies every day, like most of them aren't long. Yeah, like, unless not, you're watching like, like The Shining or Midsummer or something. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, too, have been trying to do a horror movie day, except this year. My twist on it is that uh, because things are so bad, I didn't want to punish myself. I usually watch pretty raw things mm. during Halloween, like to watch things that are actually scary or disturbing. I decided to shift it this year's to things that are Halloween inspired mm. or like, you know, so I've, you know, I've been watching like, I've been watching like Vincent Price movies, things like that, which like check the box of like, this isn't really scary, but it's very much like in season. So uh, two nights ago, I decided to rewatch after not watching them for a while, the two Adams Family movies back to back, Adams Family, Adams Family Values, directed, uh, directed by Barry Sonnenfeld who's a director I like a lot, uh, a weird director because he has this miracle run of movie. He was the Coen Brothers DP, for those who don't know. Uh, and uh, he, after he became a director, he had this incredible miracle run of like the two Adams Family movies, uh, Get Shorty and Men in Black, which are like four 
in my opinion, like four like very good like popcorn movies of the nineties. Uh and then after that, there's a steep cliff of quality <laughs> to his movies. Uh but I do enjoy those four movies a lot, especially the two Adams Family movies, especially Adams Family Values, which has a performance by Joan Cusack, which I legitimately think should be nom- should have been nominated for like a best wow. supporting actress nomination. Like it's just incredible. I mean, for those wow. who don't know, Adams Family the Adams Family movies are weird movies that I don't think could get made today, mostly because like there's no real plot in either <laughs> of the movies. <laughs> it's just it's about this, you know, the Adams Family based off of like a comic strip from like I think Ooh, the 40s or the 50s and then was a television program in the 60s uh and just about the baby boomer anxiety of like old world money moving into mm. america essentially and so like you know you have this like family that is like vaguely eastern european uh but they're all like different tropes like you know morticia adams is like kind of a vampire the grandma is kind of a witch but they don't call them that (laughs) um but yeah and those movies are essentially just like they're both about they're both about uncle fester who's played by christopher lloyd who is (laughs) it might be his best performance it's kind of hard to say um and uh the second one in particular is about joan cusack playing a black widow murderer who's marrying uncle fester for his money um but she's incredible in it i mean in those movies i think are incredibly well cast uh Barry Sonnenfeld, you know, being a Coen Brothers DP and things, is a very distinctive look to his movies. They're very cartoony. Like, a lot of sequences in these Adam's Family movies are just essentially Looney Tunes sequences filmed live action. There's a lot of shenanigans Mm -hmm. with Thing, which is the hand, the disembodied hand that crawls around. There's a lot of, like, very much, like, Looney Tunes-inspired things. With that, um, I don't know. I think those movies are uh, a great time. I think they're very very much worth revisiting now uh they make me miss raul julia a lot who plays gomez adams uh i love angelica houston uh didn't realize in the second movie the grandmother is played by one actress who i think was uh, more of an actress from like 1950s hollywood and then in the second movie they just like we could just have carol kane play this witch <laughs> character because that's essentially all carol kane <laughs> is and so it's carol kane in the second movie and like heavy witch prosthetics and <laughs> I got oh, it. I never noticed I, that they recast. They recast. But I also and, haven't seen it in a while. Yes. Uh, and unfortunately, I can't remember the actor's name, but they have Old Boy, who is uh, the giant in Twin Peaks uh, mm-hmm. and oh, cool. uh, who play, yeah, plays Lurch in the movie. Great physical performance. Don't <laughs> think he says one word in either of those movies. <laughs> he just walks around. Um so yes, that is what I watched this week. The two. Would you recommend family. it? I'm assuming. Oh, highly. Yes. I don't know if they're streaming <laughs> anything. I got the Blu-rays of them. If they are streaming, I they might be on I Netflix. Can't... I think. Yeah, so I would check them out on Netflix. I have not watched the animated film that came out in 2019, but I I I like the Adams Family as a concept is great in my opinion. So check them out. Yes. So Chris. What did you watch this week? I watched, I had, I uh, of course, it's all I've been thinking about while you guys were talking is like what I was going to say. And <laughs> I am just going to be honest and say what I watch, which is I've been watching the show Love Life um, okay. on HBO with Anna Kendrick and Zoe Chow. Um, and I didn't watch it for a really long time because I thought it was going to be bad. 
Okay. <laughs> I, I know uh, Zoe Chow. I've worked with Anna Kendrick before. She's in some of my ex-husband's films and, and we know each other in real life. And Zoe Chow also plays um, plays the character of Laura in my movie, I Used to Go Here. And, yes. Um, and I like her very much. And I was excited to see that they were working together. But I was like, I don't know if this is going to be good. So I like hesitated to watch it. And then I finally did and was like pleasantly surprised that I thought it was really well done and really good. And it's like um, total candy. It's like it's like um, it's candy, but it's like kind of like gourmet candy, you know, it's like it's like gourmet candy from like the local candy shops that you're like, oh, my God, it looks like a Snickers, but they use like really good peanuts or whatever. <laughs> um, and so I'm really enjoying watching that. That has what is been, the what is the basic premise of the show? Uh, the premise is like Anna Kendrick. Um, it, you know, there's like this sort of like cheeky British narrator that's like um, that's like each before the average person finds their true love. They're in you know they spin seven. They have the average of seven point five like relationships prior, and um, and the premise is like it goes through all of these different relationships that like Anna Kendrick has, like sometimes in the span of a 30 minute episode. And, and it like, it's like scenes from marriage. It like, just, yeah. just like goes through these. Um, and it's fun to watch. It's like a little, it's, it, there's aspects of it that feel like a rom-com because it is dealing with like a, someone's love life, but mm -hmm every like every episode ends in a breakup so they're always kind of sad and depressing um but i find it like entirely satisfying and zoe chow is just a true delight she's so good on screen yes. and i just love her and yeah and the show is just good um and then i've been watching so i totally recommend that and then i've been watching um uh, I have been watching the films of James L. Brooks from the Oh, love. Yes. And so I, I, I had never seen Terms of Endearment before, which is, I knew it was like supposed to be unbelievably good, but it was so, so good. Mm -hmm. um, and then I just went through every one. There's like one that I missed um, that I just saw on IMDb and I was like, how did I miss that? But, was it a later James L. Brooks movie? No, was it the it was, like, oh. it was in between uh, uh, Broadcast News and As Good As It Gets, and I missed Is it. Is it the one with Nick Nolte? Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, I can't remember the name of it. Uh, that was the one that was supposed to be a musical, and then they had to cut all the music out oh of it. Oh, my God. Is that the yes. one? Yes, that is the one is that where the one that that because did you listen to the Polly Platt podcast? Is that one? Yes, the uh, Karina Longworth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yes. So that's for those who don't. That. So that's so I got started on Polly Platt, and then I was like, okay, I'm gonna watch all these Polly Platt movies, and um, and I and I've just like been going through them, and then I landed on James L. Brooks, and I was like, let me just carry the James L. Brooks thread for a while. Holy shit! Okay, I have to find that Nick Nolte movie. Yeah. Like, oh, I I have it. Uh, it's I'll do anything. Oh my god! I have to yes. watch it right away. Yes, okay. I'll do. Well, so that movie is strange okay. uh, because have you seen it? I have seen only. Oh, I the, can't watch it. It is okay. It's a strange movie. Yeah. Like it is like it is the strangest of all of yeah. James O. Brooks's movies. Oh my god! But it's strange because you can find it. It's kind of hard to dig up. 
it was originally supposed to be a musical right. in which lots of people wrote music for, including Prince. Right. And at like they could not clear the rights for most right. of the music in the movie. So they had to cut it out. And so then it just becomes this incredibly no. strange. No, no, that wasn't the story from, oh. from the Polly Platt. Oh, please, I, oh, yeah, please correct me. If I'm remembering it correctly, it was just that it was bad. Oh, yes. It wasn't about the rights. I think they got the right. Like if Prince was making okay. music for it, they must have had the rights. I think it was that it was bad. It was bad. Okay. So they okay. just cut that stuff out and try to make it without the musical. <laughs> That's what I remember. No, I mean, that, that definitely checks out. You can <laughs> find a cut of the musical thing. Like you have to kind of like dig around the internet for it. I haven't been able to find it. I've asked a friend to send it to me on multiple occasions. Oh, but man. That, yeah, but that movie is real weird <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, okay so i'm psyched to see that but but i yeah. just ended i just watched spanglish mm -hmm. um, which man i love spanglish i think spanglish is actually good i don't know why it even has a bad rap like does I, it have a bad rap it has a bad rep i think it might also be because it is during that period of adam sandler's career where people are now out on him even if he is doing like it's well, like a dramedy. Punch Drunk Love, which, he, which is great. He's great in Punch Drunk Love. Obviously. He's great in like pretty much I every. Like, I think it was like his second like serious role. I think it was yes. like Punch Drunk Love, and then it was Spanglish. And I think yes. people had like really high expectations for Spanglish. It's like James L. Brooks, you know, Adam Sandler, and then it's like you know, it's a pretty conventional film that's not like it's not getting any Oscar noms, you no. know. It's like a solid three star it's like great. popcorn like, movie. Yeah. It's fun as hell. Yeah. I yeah. Really like that movie. Love it when he makes that sandwich. It's great. Killer, oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, those are wonderful recommendations, yeah, Chris. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Um, well, with that, I think we'll we'll just get into some conversation about about you and your movie and just okay. things in general. So cool. without further ado, let's get to conversation. Uh, Chris, yes. Uh, I was supposed to see your film at South by Southwest this year. I was uh, I was scheduled to go, and uh, our and the director of the cinema, Brittany Friesner, had like given me a list of movies to check out, and yours was very high on the list. I think it may have been at the top of the list, honestly. It would have been a very fun screening. I can guarantee. Yes. That. Yeah. So, uh, me and Elizabeth watched your movie this week, and we both were very taken by it. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Um, and so I guess the first question uh, I would have is the basic question you get past in every interview. But for context, what inspired this movie? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny to be doing this podcast with you guys. Like, at the like I'm I'm like so done with press. Like, oh, I, I know. It is, like, I, like, <laughs> I can like, tell. Like I do, I know. Like I can you tell because I'm like unenthusiastic. No, it's just no. when you like I do basic cursory research before yeah. I guess, and it's like. There's multiple so google pages re like of like yeah, you doing interviews so for this and it's like yeah it's like you have already been through the gamut on this yeah, which is why like so, this is, we're keeping so, this very casual so, I, so it's, it's like i always when i get a question like this that i get asked every single interview i'm like do i just give the standard response or do i try and do it like a little differently and and whatever we'll see what i say what comes out of my mouth but um <laughs> what so i 
so I made my movie Unexpected, which played Sundance in 2015. And then and after that, I got invited to like all a bunch of different universities to show that film and like talk to students. One of those universities, which was very inspiring, was Indiana University. In ah, well, that <laughs> we were gonna have some questions about that, which, which like gay, which they you know uh, did uh, did a retrospective on my work and showed not just unexpected but all of my films, and then I like uh, asked me to like pick like any movie I wanted to screen. Like they would get a thirty five print, and like uh, and I was you know I was in. I was in Bloomington for like, I don't know, three or four days or something, staying in a little hotel and and wandering around campus and stuff. Um, uh, that was one of like many experiences that I had that year. And it was cool and weird. It was <laughs> it, it was it was weird to like be 30 four I think and and be like um hanging out you know with a with a bunch of kids now <laughs> nothing I'm just like I know you're wondering nothing <laughs> weird happened <laughs> I didn't sleep with any undergrads <laughs> um there's like nothing like that that happened but, and I and in Indiana I didn't I didn't go to any parties or anything like that but okay but, like in Indiana, she says. <laughs> yes, only yeah, in Indiana. <laughs> like only, like only, like once. I think I went out for beers with some kids in Carbondale, and okay. um, it, who that was another you know incident where I like got invited uh, to speak and stuff, and and I it was like it was such an interesting experience because like and I. And I know that, you know, sometimes I talk about this in interviews and I know like one of these kids is probably listening and being like, no, we weren't. <laughs> but they were like so into me. <laughs> 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 they, were, like, they were like, you know, I just felt like all of this adoration from them. And I'm like, and I, and it felt great. Like, I'm just like hanging out, getting beers with these like kids in their twenties that are like psyched like so psyched to be like getting beers with a with a, like a working filmmaker and for me i it felt like very undeserved i was like because yes my movie had played sundance but it's not like i like skyrocketed into like director's stardom or or anything i was still just like struggling to figure it out um big time but for them and when i saw myself through their eyes i felt like really good about myself and I thought this was an interesting dynamic to explore. And, um, and so that, th that experience and those experiences culminated in me, like writing, beginning to write the script for, I used to go here. Great. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Me and Elizabeth were carried like, because we watched the movie and there's like things that happen when like visiting filmmakers come here Ooh. and like yes and so we were just like like do you think the person picking her up from <laughs> the airport no. is like loosely based off of no. anyone that actually, like would you... you know actually like i'm just not remembering because i had to fly into indianapolis and then how far is bloomington an hour roughly yeah. so then actually the person that picked me up they picked me up in a limo 
Whoa. Oh, okay. Yeah. They picked me up in a limo, which I thought was so strange. And I like sat <laughs> in the back of a limo for an hour on my way to Bloomington, which was like so boring and weird. And yeah. I was like, why am I in this limo? I mean, obviously it was so nice of them to do that, but I was like, this is definitely unnecessary. And the only time I've ever been picked up in a limo in my life, like by yourself, it's like the most like weird, pathetic thing like ever. <laughs> Um, no absolutely not the the only thing in the film that it was directly inspired by my time in bloomington i i think this is true is the 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 moment where she walks up and sees the poster of herself Mm -hmm. um, before she goes into her reading and even the joke about her wearing the same thing was not true but going to Bloomington I was the first time I ever saw like they had taken my headshot and blown it up and like yes. a really nice poster about me being a visiting filmmaker and I just like walked up to that poster and I was like this is weird um, <laughs> and cool and uh and so that that was like the only thing directly inspired by that experience most of, most of it is fictional okay <laughs> I mean yeah I mean we'll, we can get we'll get more into that but Elizabeth do you have a question? I know you had some questions. Uh, so one thing I just really want to know, yeah, there was a voice in your film that I don't think was credited that I, was it, was Alex Ross Perry in your film? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. We're both I've been thinking about familiar. it ever since I watched it and I was like, cause he's also visited the IU cinema. And you know what's really interesting actually that you brought him up in the sequence of the the way that you brought him up in the sequence of the podcast is that I remember Alex has been a, is a very close friend of mine and has been for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I, when I came for the event in Bloomington for that retrospective, they had a poster of Alex. Yes. They had like a past poster of Alex's like. Does it look like this in the back here? It I know that the viewer, the. Is that um, a? I, I have one. I, they give. Cool. I work at the cinema besides just doing the podcast, and they give us posters of like signed yeah. filmmakers. That. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So it was that, and I took a picture of that and sent it. I remember texting it to him and be he being like, "Oh, that's so weird. Um, that's really <laughs> funny." Yeah. <laughs> there you have it. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I was looking for someone to do the voice, and Alex's voice is incredible, and he manages to sound, I you know, I think he like just is, he is hilarious, but he like manages to sound hilarious even when he's like not even meaning to. Yeah, mm-hmm. he has a very distinct voice. I'm a, we've I met Alex he when he came here. He could yeah. be credited because of like you know the guild rules or something. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, but but it's a like a fun, it's a fun thing that some people can like pick up on. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, that yeah. is a very specific voice, and it cannot be another person besides yeah. him. Yeah. No one sounds like Alex Ross Perry. <laughs> uh, but yes, well, yeah, sorry to make you answer the question about what you've, <laughs> what inspired the movie. Uh, but since the movie's release, because I, I mean, obviously, I will, I will tell everyone listening, like, if you want to hear more about the process of the movie and what inspired it you you've done many interviews on the subject yeah. <laughs> i think what i gave you is like definitely unique to any other answer I've yes given, so. um but i've been more curious what you've been doing post this movie okay. like being released the way it's been released and like 
I'm very interested in like the production line and things like that happening in indie film as well as like large productions because of things okay. being kind of shut down and slow and like, yeah. but not even just like the specifics of like how the sausage gets made, just like creatively, what are you do like what is it like what's the outlook look like for you creatively even just on a personal level and things like that i think it's okay like i i was definitely in the beginning and i think other people had this experience um it's like when everything first got locked down i felt a tremendous amount of pressure that i put on myself to be productive Mm -hmm. and right and the way that the pandemic has timed out and according to like my my normal cycle of like writing a film producing a film editing a film releasing a film it it timed out so that i was releasing a film uh during you know right in march april may like that so i was like so the next step for me typically is to start writing and it's like because of the timing of it and because i have two kids the kids were out of school of course and home i like couldn't do anything but then when they went to their dads they went to the dads for like two weeks and and i remember feeling like i have to be productive now like the Mm -hmm. only thing anyone can do is write everyone and their mom is writing a screenplay right now and I need to be, I need to write one also so that when this is over, I have something to produce. And the pressure, I just couldn't do it. I was just like dying. And I got, I would just be like, you know, I think I thought like, if only I had the time. And then when I had the time, I couldn't actually write anything or I would start and be like, it's bad. And then I would just like delete it or I would just move on to something else. And then that would, I don't yeah I was like in the cycle of just like total like just depression just the cycle of like feeling bad like not being able to write feeling bad about not being able to write and then like every day was kind of the same thing and then and feeling like guilty and really not knowing what to do with myself and um the truth is I don't totally know what got me out of that like I I ended up just like I had a new idea. I had a new idea and I was like, okay, I'm going to push this other stuff aside and I'm going to write this other thing with a friend of mine. And that helped a lot. I I wrote, I used to go here on my own, Mm -hmm. but my feature previous to that unexpected, I had a co-writer and I found that experience to just be like so gratifying and so much easier to so much quicker the process is so much quicker and so much more fun to just like have a buddy and so writing this new feature like with someone else has been really great and now I finally feel like I'm in a good place in terms of like my creative output in regards to that and then the rest of Hollywood seems to be chugging along in terms of like development, which is what I where I would be at anyway. Um, and so I'm getting scripts to read and I'm pitching for different jobs as a director and that would be what I would be doing anyway. Okay. Um, so so that's kind of where I'm at with my stuff. Great. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Uh, 
obviously we all live in very very different worlds i don't know i just personally like my creative output during the pandemic was zero essentially until <laughs> until uh essentially someone started tossing projects at me to for yeah. me to do like i could not bring myself to like sit down and do anything but like watch a bunch of movies and uh plow my way through as many things as i possibly could so yeah. i i completely understand that uh elizabeth yeah, I mean, well, my creative processes this whole time have just been knitting. So you guys are both <laughs> way yeah. far ahead of me. <laughs> um, but my scarf is coming along great. Uh, <laughs> um, so Chris, uh, like I said earlier, which you missed, actually, you missed um, when I was talking about you kind of um, in our schedule, I'd mentioned that you had been here in 2016. Um, actually, I think I mentioned it again. So I've mentioned it three times now. Which is fine. <laughs> you got um, it nailed down. I, I, 2016, everyone. If you didn't know, she was here in 2016. Um, it's been four years since then. Um, how would you say that your, not only your life, but your filmmaking has changed since then? Um, if you could go back to that visit and change or say something different or like have a different outlook on something, what would it be? If anything, it's okay if nothing. I mean, my life has changed. Like, I, you know, I got divorced last year. So my personal life has changed a lot. And mm-hmm. um, before before my divorce, I was, the, I, was, I was making work, but I was also the primary caregiver to my kids. So I uh, – and my – my ex-husband Joe Swanberg was making it he made three seasons of a tv show and like a feature film like in that time so I was really um I was really doing the bulk of like the domestic stuff and um and so it was I found it very difficult to to um and you know I had a baby in 2015 my daughter Abby was born so yeah, it was hard to put, it was hard to be creative and, and put anything out. It was hard to find the time to do that and really hard to find just like the the mental space to do that. Um, so my life does look really different now in terms of like the, the, the amount of time I have to work, which is not, um, a, it's not a hundred percent, but it's like 50%, which is like mm-hmm. a lot than zero percent so um i have a lot more time to be creative and 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 to and to write and to focus on my career and that's that's been like um that's been like a major change for me which has been a positive change Mm um but you know i have always been pretty like open and candid about um myself and my career and and things like that so I don't know that I I don't know that um I would have said anything in 2016 that like I didn't totally believe um so yeah I'm sure it all holds up to a degree I think we'll just ask one more question and then we'll let you go so that way (laughs) that way you got something to say for your visit for the for the proper actual visit uh uh, I would say you kind of touched on it when I asked you about your like current your current creative state of mind, but like, what is like what do you think you'll be moving on forward like to in the future? Obviously, circumstances in the world notwithstanding. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, I hope to be making movies still. I'd like to, I, I'm, I'd like to dip my toes into episodic work. Um, I, I, I'd really like to direct something of someone else's writing, just to like stretch mm-hmm. myself as a director. Um, and um, I'm just like chugging along, you know, trying to make a living doing this thing, which is like pretty tough to do. Um, and uh, you know, like spending time with my kiddos and and my friends and just trying to like uh trying to just like get through 2020 you know um good luck and yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. well we all are well thank you and with that we'll end this episode uh yeah you can uh find us on our social medias i'm at samurai flicks elizabeth on twitter I'm and at elizabeth rell on twitter and letterboxd and instagram if you feel like following my i post a lot of the vegan meals that i make that's about it <laughs> i am my i am chris ray chris ray on instagram that's the only kind of thing i do but yes um not to mention your great instagram cameo in the movie oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> Leave is still an active account, so if you can, if you find that, I oh, okay, <laughs> that you can follow that account if you want to see my fake Instagram page. <laughs> um, a real pleasure talking to you both. Thank you so much. Sweet. Oh no, thank you for for coming in on somewhat short notice. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. Yes. So with that, this has been a place for film. We'll see you at the movies. Good night. Good night.